This is Making Shift Happen, and I'm your host, Jen Cates. Over the years, I've coached hundreds of clients to find their ideal self through the way they nourish their bodies and minds, and now I'm here to help pass on these same strategies to you. So let's stop the madness and get your results once and for all. Let's go. Hello, friends. Welcome. Thank you for joining today. We're talking about cold weather and how to dress to train, especially ride mountain biking, might ride on your bike on the road, gravel riding, whatever it is in the cold, because let's be honest, Hey, you know, the, the colder months are coming or for some of us, they're already here. And this is a worthy topic to discuss. So you can stay ahead of the weather and stay warmer in your training during late fall and into winter and then early spring before the snow melts, depending on where you live, of course. This doesn't count if you live in parts of California, so screw you all. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. I say that with love, but I just don't want the cold weather to prevent you from getting outside and enjoying things that bring you joy. And there is a saying that I have to agree with, and this this is a common saying, especially in Iceland when we were visiting, and it's that there is no such thing as bad weather. There's only bad preparation and gear. And I have to agree with that. So how do you prep for a good day on the bike or running on the trail or doing whatever you love to do? I personally always suggest being slightly chilly when you first start your training. So when you first get on the bike or when you first, you know, are starting your walk before your run or whatever, you should be a little bit chilly because if you're too warm at the start, then your temperature is only going to increase your sweating and that could eventually make you even colder because you're just going to have excessive sweat underneath all of that gear. So definitely try to start just a smidge chilly. So keep that in mind. The next thing to think about is what personally gets cold on you first you know for me it's always my hands especially when i'm biking uh you know and then what happens is then i can't feel my brakes or anything and then i'll sometimes over brake because i'm not braking enough and then i'm not slowing down enough uh, or i can't stop on a dime so then i over brake and and that's awful i never want to over brake in certain situations especially just when it comes to safety and riding with others So for me, it's always my hands. And then I will say my face, my ears, and my feet are definitely a close second because I personally, I always make sure that at least my core or my chest area is warm and covered. I, I actually have, oh man, this is the best piece of equipment I've ever purchased. And I don't have it in my room, unfortunately, right now in the office that I'm recording this in, but it is made by Gore, G-O-R-E, and it's a windproof vest. So it's basically a tank top, but it's a base layer tank top. So I shouldn't call it a vest. It's just a a sleeveless t-shirt, basically. That's a base layer. And the front is windproof, but the back is mesh. That is the damn best thing I've ever purchased. And I purchased that about three or four years ago before I did the triple bypass. Because when you're doing the triple bypass here in Colorado, the temperatures can vary, can range widely. And I think when we started that morning, it was in the upper 20s, low 30s, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Friends, correct me if I'm wrong, who are listening and were with me that day. 
but it was pretty chilly. And then of course, you know, by the time we got to Georgetown, uh, or into the, the foothills and mountains or into the actual mountains, that's when things started to get really warm. So I bought this gore vest. I think it was maybe 40 to $60. I have no idea, but that damn thing is money. It was worth every single dollar that I spent. And to me, you know, it is, this is stuff that is worth an investment. If it keeps you training and it keeps you happy and it keeps your, your endorphins going during the colder months, because that is what's going to keep you moving. And to me, the more you move, the more healthy you are, or the better you'll feel, the more energy you're going to have in all parts of your life. So this is incredibly important to think about, especially now while the temperatures do start to dip, you know, think about where you get cold first, what sport you're doing, because if you are biking, you are going to be going at a, at a higher speed. So you're going to be blasted by wind just for the, by the sake of the sport. So that's why it's so important with that, that mesh on the back of that, of that tank or that sleeveless uh, shirt that I have mesh helps me breathe through my back, you know, so my back gets sweaty, but it, it cools off very easily and evaporates very easily. So I don't get cold that front, oh man, that windproof front, gore, thumbs up. Thumbs up to you all because you designed a very great piece of, of base layer for me that works really well for me. So maybe that will work well for you. I'm not sponsored by these people, by the way. So brands that I'm going to be sharing on this episode, I'm not sponsored by them. I do have a couple of friends who are sponsored by Perlozumi and I have tested some equipment that they do have, some gear that they do have. I highly recommend Perlozumi as well. Um, but you know, ultimately those are basically the two main companies that I do have personal experience with are Perlozumi and Gore. And I do recommend both. Okay. But again, I'm not, I'm not sponsored by them. I've spent my own monies on these things because I think of these things as investments and they last, especially if you take good care of these things and you, you wash them frequently, they will last you for years and years. So try to think of things in terms of breaking it down in terms of uh, cost per wear. That's what I usually do in terms of like jeans or because I, you know, my jeans last me like 10 years. Um, my fitness clothing that I wear, I wear them every day. So talk about a really good cost to benefit here, uh, in terms of how many times I wear it. Just try to think of it in terms of that. You know, how often do you think it will, you'll wear it during the season and for maybe three or four years to come at a minimum and then break it down to per use. So your cost per use, and it makes the investment seem a little bit less scary and a little bit less of a major investment. Okay. Now, once you've thought about what gets cold on you first, think about that, uh, because that will help you kind of fill in those areas and keep you covered literally and figuratively. Now, next I'm going to dive into how to break these, you know, the clothing pieces down per temperature range. Okay. So for temps under 70 degrees and I'm doing Fahrenheit folks, I apologize for all of you metric listeners out there. I cannot convert to Celsius in my head. And I did not convert, you know, with my show notes here in front of me, I did not convert to Celsius. So I apologize, but, uh, 70 degrees Fahrenheit, you know, I'd say for temps between 60 and 70, you'll probably want a little bit of a base layer, like a sleeveless shirt. Maybe not what I just said I was wearing, which is windproof in the front, but totally up to you. But you might want a little bit of a base layer that preferably wool or something like that underneath your Jersey and maybe some arm warmers, especially if you are cycling 
or running too, uh, because your arms can get colder than your legs because your legs are generating a little bit more heat just because of the activity that you're doing. Then in the 50 to 60 degree range, you might need to add some leg or knee warmers with your, your arm warmers, as well as possibly a light wool glove. So I'm basically going to be talking in 10 degree increments here, and I'm just going to be adding on with what we've already talked about. So of course you're, you're wearing your shorts in your shirt. Hopefully you're not going out stark naked. Uh, so you are hopefully wearing your shorts and a shirt, but then for 60 to 70 degrees Fahrenheit, you're again, you're going to want to add a base layer sleeveless shirt underneath your shirt, underneath your Jersey, and then maybe some arm warmers if you are cycling or running. And then again, in the 50 to 60 degree range, you might need to add some leg or knee warmers along with the arm warmers you already have on, as well as a light wool glove or just a light glove that, that kind of keeps the, uh, the cold off of your hands. It keeps your skin not exposed. Now, this is the 50 to 60 degree range. This is the range when you may also want to add in a little bit of a heavier vest just in order to keep your core a little bit toastier. And extra points, of course, if it is windproof, just because that will help die down the actual impact of what does keep you or what does make you cold, it's the wind. Now, take it down another notch by another 10 degrees. So in the 40 to 50 degree range, you might want to start adding in a headband or some ear warmers, okay? Because you're going to start getting that that discomfort, that, that uncomfortable feeling in your on your ears because they're just going to be getting cold because they're blasted with, with cold wind. You might also consider replacing your warmer vest from the previous little 10 degree segment. You might want to replace that vest with a jacket and nothing thermal yet because, I mean, we're still in the 40 to 50 degree range. You might personally need to be reaching for thermals. I mean, it's totally up to you. And again, what makes you cold? Because keep in mind for me, I run warm. So I run warm. So these suggestions actually might make me a little too hot, but these are the general suggestions for average human beings who don't necessarily run as warm as, as I do. I'm like a, I'm like a fucking Vernus. Um, so just a heads up, unless I didn't get enough sleep the night before, or even that week, or if I'm just not feeling well, if maybe my allergies are acting up or I'm just feeling a little like glum, those are the two things that basically make me colder. So keep that in mind. <laughs> but all of these tips that I am sharing with you are for you, for I'd say like 90% of humanity. Uh, I'm just a weirdo and I run hot. I, I've always run hot ever since I was a teenager uh, or in my 20s. So don't hold it against me. And now I'm 42, so I'm definitely running warmer now. Uh, all right, so talked about that. So again, in 50 to 60 degree range, might want to get in a heavier vest, keep your core toasty. 40 to 50 degree range, this is again, cover those ears, headband possibly underneath your helmet or if you're running. And then you might want to start getting into the thermal jacket and the thicker gloves and the toe covers, or maybe even some insulated socks. I know I have some socks made by Gore and they help reduce um, wind. And man, they are definitely toasty. And you know, these are socks, sock socks. So I'm, I'm not putting them over my shoes. I mean, I'm literally putting them over my feet before I put them in the shoes. So they're not, they're not necessarily shoe covers yet. Now, you know, for me, I honestly, my preference is I always recommend a wool sock, no matter what the temperature, 
because there are some lighter ones that are great for summertime that you don't necessarily, you know, they don't leave you with stinky feet and they also help keep your feet cooler during the summertime. And there are also heavier socks that can help keep your, your feet warmer with the, the heavier wool during the, the colder months. And I did just recently purchase a set from, a pair rather, from Specialized and they're great. I wore them, I think it was like 50 degrees when I, when I rode my gravel bike, uh, the other week or last weekend. And I felt great. You know, I felt very comfortable and it's nice because they, they really help evaporate your sweat fairly easily or fairly well. So no matter what the temperature, I always recommend some sort of wool sock. Again, no stink, it's a stink-free zone, which you can't go wrong with, and it keeps keeps you cool in the cooler months or the warmer months rather, and keeps you warm in the cooler months. Now we're going in the 30 to 40 degree range, and this is definitely when some more thermal gear will certainly help. And this is where a thermal jacket, as well as possibly even riding pants, if you're doing mountain biking or if you're on the road or gravel, if you have some bib tights. These are going to be fantastic for just, again, keeping that wind off of your skin. Um, And under the helmet beanie is really ideal. And again, go for wool because it will really help for that hot spot, which is the top of your head. A lot of heat escapes through the top of your head and that can help you, you know, just limit the amount of sweat that you might be feeling underneath your helmet. If you do go along with a little bit more of a wool material for a thin, thin beanie that will fit under the helmet. And just keep in mind, you know, it does need to fit still with that helmet. So safety first, not third. (laughs) Uh, Keep that in mind. Now, On top of covering your head, I really do also recommend going with a little bit of a thicker glove in this 30 to 40 degree range. In fact, I did just buy, oh yeah, I did just buy some Pearl Izumi uh, uh, Cyclone gloves that are good, if I'm not mistaken, they're good for right around 30 degrees on up to 65 degrees, which for me, that would make me melt if I wore them in 65 degree weather. But I'll definitely be wearing them in probably like Honestly, they're probably going to be good for me even in 20 or so degree weather, uh, just because I do tend to, to run fairly warm, but I will say the hands are the one piece of my body that I will probably go a little bit more extreme with. So even though I run warm through the rest of my body, especially my core, my hands go, they they go cold. Uh, and you know, it's one of those situations where I love these Pearl Izumi Cyclone gloves and you know, uh, I just can't even tell you. And I think they're only like 40 bucks or 45, maybe $45. And that's without a discount. You know, I did not have any type of discount or anything like that. I bought them literally from a bike shop and they were fantastic. They're also not cumbersome because you know how sometimes those thermal gloves or heavier gloves can just feel like you have like cinder blocks on your hands and you can't feel like you don't really feel like you're connected to the handlebar. These are not that, you know, and I have tiny hands. I have tiny hands. Um, so it's one of those situations where it's a little difficult sometimes for me, for me to find a a pair of gloves that work for me without making me feel like I can't grip anything. You know, I'm kind of like a crab or something. Uh, so yeah. Also, in the 30 to 40 degree range, this is where shoe covers will make a huge difference here. So we're graduating from the toe covers in the 40 to 50 degree range, and we're there then going to shoe covers. So these will cover your entire shoe. You do put them on over your shoe, um, and they keep the wind out, and they keep your feet a lot toastier than normal. Now, do keep in mind, you know, this is when windproof will really come in handy in the 30 to 40 degree range. 
and then below. So under 30 degrees, this is where you're going to definitely want to have a heavier base layer, probably with long sleeves. So you're definitely graduating from, you know, just using arm warmers and things like that to then using some uh, a thicker base layer, as well as some neck, ear, and face coverage, like through uh, a balaclava. And God, I always want to say baklava, just as a fair, just fair warning in case I do say baklava at some point in the rest of this episode. But you know, the the balaclava basically make, makes you kind of look like you're. Uh, I hate to say this, but it looks like you're going to rob someone because it, it literally just exposes your eyes. And that's the only thing that's exposed. So it does cover your nose, your mouth, your ears, everything. And you literally like, it's like a sock for your, for your head <laughs> and your neck. Um, uh, but it, it has an eye hole, uh, eye holes rather a, a huge eye hole for both of your eyes. And you know, that way you can also have still your sunglasses over, over your, your eyes or glasses, whatever you need to wear just for some eye protection. But do really recommend that. Uh, and you can say baklava if you want to. I, I don't know. Now, what I talked about earlier in terms of cost. If if cost is a factor for you, if it's a hurdle for you, because let's be real, this shit is expensive, then definitely check out the local outdoor gear stores because sometimes they do sell gently used outdoor gear on consignment from locals in the area. And, you know, I don't mean REI, nothing against REI. It's just REI doesn't necessarily sell things on consignment, um, but they do sell things now with REI. Definitely check out their garage sales, which happen uh, at least once a year. I think they now happen twice a year, but I could be really wrong about that. But they they definitely happen once a year. And, you know, check that out. I do recommend that, but I really recommend the local outdoor gear stores because they do usually sell a lot of their more expensive stuff on consignment. And oftentimes they're also repaired and they're cleaned or they're treated and they're really worth the the investment at a lower cost. You can also even check out the local Goodwill or you know other similar stores because they usually do have outdoor gear for sale. And then there's also garage sales as well as honestly hitting up your friends especially if you do have any friends who are ambassadors for particular gear companies and they might be selling their old gear from last season in order to get the next season's gear because of their ambassador obligations. So generally speaking, in case you're not familiar with this and you do have some friends that are ambassadors for Perlozumi or other companies, you know, it is one of those situations where they do need to have a refresh because they are given certain equipment to then talk about this equipment on social media or things like that. Now with that old gear, you know, they might be giving it away to some friends or family or whatever their, basically whatever their ambassador contract states that they're able to do. So it's definitely something to think about. Also think about, you know, if, um, a lot of those ambassadors do have friends and family discounts sometimes that are offered, uh, once or twice a year. So, you know, ask them and just inquire, especially if, you know, if cost is a factor for you, definitely, you know, try to see if you can find some things that are gently used or even some hand-me-downs from friends. Um, because yeah, let's be honest, you know, this stuff is not cheap by any means. It is certainly investment. So but do try to make that investment with yourself, but be, be reasonable, obviously, about finances and things like that. So this month, I hope you I hope you take a moment to take inventory of your current clothes for biking or whatever outdoor sport you participate in 
and fill in the gaps for the things that work for you to stay warmer in the colder weather in the colder weather rather that's coming up you know don't neglect your training and what brings you so much happiness and so much joy just because you don't have the right gear to stay warm so please show up for yourself invest in yourself and just know that you are making a good choice in terms of of really just keeping yourself warm and, and able to train all year right anyways thanks for listening so much friends i really do appreciate you please if this was useful for you i'd love it if you shared it on the socials rate it and subscribe to it because it really does help me reach more people and i hope you have a beautiful day and you stay warm